Welcome to episode four of the CU podcast. Today will be a solo cast and I'll be chatting a little bit about my own experiences with healing and how yoga as a practice has helped me to become my most authentic self and allowed me to trust in both myself and the universe to deliver everything that I need. First off, um, start by saying that today's podcast will be more about my own journey of healing and why this podcast is so important in today's society, why I feel this podcast is so important in today's society. So just a little bit about my background. I was born into a Macedonian family. Both my parents are Macedonian and growing up, my parents divorced when I was four and a half thereafter my mum became uh, or was in a relationship with a guy for about 10 or 11 years who later went on to um, actually abuse my sister and I um, sexually and that was a pretty intense um, experience in my life and a very traumatic one I had thereafter issues with relationships with my mum with my my dad with my sisters I very much valued education and for me that was my outlet that was my escape so I went through high school and university I became a primary school teacher and then after that I also became a yoga teacher and after I did my yoga teacher training I then took over a yoga studio and rebranded and relabeled it as CU Yoga, which is where I get the sort of inspiration for the podcast brand, which is CU. And CU is all about seeing yourself, your most authentic self, and seeing yourself through the eyes of our creator, the universe, God, consciousness, whatever label you want to attach to this transcendental being that surrounds us day in and day out. And so obviously I had some pretty up and down experiences. They weren't all bad. I did have some really beautiful encounters as a kid. You know, my third grade teacher was incredibly inspiring in the way that she taught me, as was my year nine, year 10 maths teacher. I had a lot of inspiring teachers who kind of paved the way for this path that I am on or the path that I took, which was to be a primary school teacher. But more importantly were the people in my life that I know were placed there purposefully to guide me on this journey that um, I call life or that we call life. The CU podcast is a way for me to just connect with people, like-minded people who have had their own journey of healing and growth. And I really want to know in particular how or the tools that they've used to get to this point of healing and growth. And I don't think that I myself will achieve the level of healing that I really want to in this lifetime. Maybe I will. It's all up to the universe, but I want to do my best. I want to do my best to enjoy this life that I have. And I think in doing that, I need to address my own patterns, my own tendencies, my own experiences, my own conditioning, and really just peel away those layers and come back to who I really am at my core. I 
have explored a number of different tools and I'll sort of touch on a few of them today and hopefully delve into um, some more at a later stage. But one thing that I know has transformed my life so incredibly has been yoga. And one of the reasons why I became a yoga teacher was because of how healing this experience was for me. My experience of yoga was... I obviously went through quite a number of different traumatic experiences, one being the sexual abuse, the divorce of my parents, the emotional abuse from my parents, the um, toxic relationships that I then attracted to myself because of the relationship with my mom and my dad, um, you know, different encounters with different people that were maybe a little bit negative at the time. Um, and I have a lot of baggage or I had a lot of baggage. I had a lot of layers that I needed to peel back. And the thing with experience is it not only shifts you internally, it puts up a wall at times that you have to literally break through in order to see yourself. So I want you to imagine you're looking in a mirror and the mirror is all fogged up. It's cloudy. You're not going to see the beauty that you have in this mirror. You're not going to see yourself clearly. And I think that's the way I was looking at myself for a really long time. That was the way I looked at a lot of people as well. I had my walls so high up that I would think I was letting people in, but I was only letting people into the masks and the facade that I was embodying at the time. What I mean by that is I would get into relationships with people, obviously men for me, um, and I'd get into relationships with men and I'd allow them to see me vulnerable, but the level of vulnerability I showed was very superficial and I would adjust my own likes, my own personality, my own actions and thoughts and words to mold myself around this person and their likes and their personality and their um, interests and so forth. So I, on a day-to-day -day basis, found myself adapting to new situations. And some will say that I didn't have my own um, personality and my own way of being, which I disagree, I did. But what I did is I had all of these extra layers that I had just taken from all my different experiences. And those were the layers that I then showed to other people. I remember I would change my music tastes. Well, not really change them, but I'd, you know, start listening to music that I probably wasn't very fond of because I was dating a particular person. Or I picked up a different hobby because I was dating a particular person. Um, what I then realized was that I was seeking validation for myself from these different people in my life. And, you know, whether they were boyfriends at the time, friendships at the time, you know, didn't really matter. That was what I was looking for, seeking validation. I also learned later that these people were mirroring to me what I needed to work through. My most recent relationship, which was a couple of years ago now, um, at the time my partner was very critical, uh, negated a lot of my own negative feelings. Um, I would say to him that I'd had a bad day and I was feeling quite sad and his response would be, why are you feeling sad for? You don't feel sad, feel happy. And so 
all I think he was showing me was that I needed to work through my own emotions and actually feel my own emotions, which I failed to do on a number of occasions. Obviously my experiences not only put a wall up to others, it put a wall up to myself. So I didn't want to feel any pain myself. I then disallowed myself to feel any other emotion as well. I didn't feel pain fully. I didn't feel joy fully. I didn't feel happiness fully. I didn't feel sadness fully. I really wasn't able to experience heightened amounts of even pleasure because I was so, my wall was so high up. I didn't allow myself to feel that because at any moment I thought it could be ripped out from underneath me. And this is how I lived for 10, maybe 15 years of my life. I lived in this limbo state of wall up, wall down, wall up, wall down. But my wall was never really down because even when it was down, there was this facade. There was that foggy mirror of me not seeing myself clearly and through loving and God-like eyes. So my experiences growing up obviously shaped who I was. And then about two thirds into my relationship with my ex-boyfriend, I discovered yoga. And as I said, yoga was incredibly healing for me because I piled on these layers. And I want you to think of these layers as also um, physical tension in your body. So whenever we have an experience, that experience literally imprints itself in our body in some way, shape or form. It doesn't have to be a physical experience like an injury. It could literally be an emotional experience. But if you think about the body and you think about emotions, whenever you feel an emotion, something in your body responds or reacts. So think about when you're about to cross the road and a car zooms past, your stomach tightens. Now that stomach tightening is a physical response that you have. But now your body has imprinted in it in some way, shape or form, this experience of fear or this scare that you've just had. That might not come up now, but years later, that might um, manifest itself as stomach problems, as digestion problems, as you know, you name it. It could be anything. And over time, we pile up these experiences and these layers and they start to then penetrate into the body. Now, me, I was a big emotional suppressor and there was a point in my life where I was so avoidant and suppressive of my emotions that I had three jobs, I was in a very toxic relationship and I was so busy that I barely had time to even look in this foggy mirror. My body reacted in the only way it knew how and that was through illness, through dis-ease. I developed cystic acne, which obviously now has cleared, but I had never had any acne in my life. I had the occasional pimple, hormonal time, ladies, you'd feel me there, but I never had really bad skin. I actually always had really good skin, um, but my body was literally trying to get me to stop and look in this mirror and even wipe this mirror and see myself but I didn't. And for six months, I tried all these different remedies. I tried creams. I tried eating healthy. I tried exercise. And at the time I was actually vegan as well. Um, I tried a number of different things until I stopped avoiding. I started eating a regular diet. I was vegetarian after that and then went back to eating meat. Um, that's what my body needed at the time. But in doing that, 
I stopped and I listened to what my body needed. Now, at the time, obviously, I was vegan. I really wanted to help the environment. I really wanted to save the animals and, you know, every other reason you can think of that a vegan might be vegan. But my body, I wasn't listening to my body. So, again, I was externalizing all of these emotions. I wanted to help the animals. I wanted to help people. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. But I didn't want to help myself. When I changed my diet, literally my face changed. It was, it was amazing. And I thought, okay, this is what my body needs. And thereafter, I started to slowly listen to what my body needed. Then I met this, um, my ex-boyfriend. We were together for a couple of years. And, you know, again, those walls kind of came up. And yoga helped me to just start to peel back those layers. So in my body, I had a lot of um, tension in my right side, still do to an extent. I had an ankle injury that I was working through. I had a shoulder injury from my past that hadn't really aggravated me for ages. And then when I started yoga, it started to come through. But what I didn't realize is that as you start to peel back these layers, old traumas come through. They come through so that they can be looked at felt, dealt with, healed, and then released. And so I was dealing with all these old injuries that I thought I had healed from, but I really had just sort of suppressed and avoided. So over time, after about six or so months, I started to, I mean, I felt the shift immediately, but I felt a really big shift after about six months of practicing yoga. And when I say yoga, I don't mean, you know, just stretches every day. I mean, like proper vinyasa, sweat pouring, you know, breath racing, heart racing, so forth. Um, I, after six months, I had this shift in the way I thought, in the way I saw myself and a shift in the way I saw the world. And I started to see things through a more beautiful, I guess, light, in a more beautiful light. Slowly, slowly, that mirror in front of me started to clean itself. I didn't really do anything. I just did the practice. I set my intentions on the mat and then I would go about my day as per usual. Um, my anxiety started to subside. My fear, my fears of depression and fears of feeling emotions started to subside because the mat gave me a place to express myself. Matt gave me a place to see myself. After about six months, I put out to the universe that I really wanted to do my yoga teacher training. And lo and behold, the universe really wanted me to do my yoga teacher training because about six months later, an opportunity came up that couldn't have come up in a better way. Um, and I did my training and then eventually went on to teach in the studio that I actually started in. Um, Three months later, I took over that studio, which I now currently own. And I'm really just wanting to spread this message of healing. I think that I was put on this earth to be a healer and to share the wisdom that I've gained, not in my very many years of experience, but in my 26, almost 27 years of experience. I think I'm here to share that and to impact as many people as possible. The way that I had to do that is by peeling back those layers and starting to just listen to myself and be vulnerable with myself. So back backtracking to that relationship where my partner was really critical of me, was really uh, negated my negative feelings and so forth. 
everything that he was doing, everything that every person ever does to you is no worse than what you do to yourself. And these people are literally showing you what you do to yourself. I was that self I was that critical to myself. I negated my own negative feelings. I avoided them. I suppressed them. I did so many different things to not feel them. I didn't trust myself. So I would always seek approval from him because my own approval wasn't good enough and a number of different things. And when that relationship ended, again, I was the avoider. I jumped straight into something else, realizing that that was not the problem solver that I needed. But I had yoga at the time and yoga really just propelled me forward on this path of delayering and coming to my most authentic self. And I'm still on that journey. There's no way that I'm anywhere near where I want to be, but I've learned now to appreciate the journey itself. When you start anything, when you start a new exercise regime, when you start a new diet, when you start a new relationship, all your effort, all your energy, all your time goes into that thing 110%, which is not a bad thing. But what happens after you put all your time and effort is when things start to stagnate, when you become complacent, when things start to, when you don't see the outcomes that you want in a given space of time, say it's a diet or it's an exercise regime or even a relationship, when you meet a block, where things are not moving or the outcome has not been reached, our first instinct is to give up, is to think, you know what? This isn't gonna work. This isn't working. This person hasn't asked me to marry them. It's been a year. This um, exercise regime isn't doing anything. I've lost five kilos and now I've stayed the same for three months. Our first instinct is to stop. But what if rather than stop, we did the work? we ate healthy, we exercise, whatever your goal is. What if rather than stop, because the universe will put these blocks and these obstacles in your way to test you to see if this is really where you need to be. What if we continued on using the tools that we have, whether it's healing, using the tools of yoga, using the tools of meditation, Reiki, whatever it is that you find is your niche. What if we kept going and just trusted that our seeds, the seeds that we've planted will grow and will thrive and will flourish regardless of how long it takes. That's something that I have had to come to terms with big time. For someone who seeks um, pleasure, instant gratification, and I am in that generation, they call us the Y-Gen or the millennials. No, I don't think I'm the millennial, Y-Gen. For someone who constantly seeks instant gratification, the thought of waiting for something to grow, waiting for something to happen, literally gave me anxiety. I had to, like I said, peel back those layers and trust in the process. Trust that the work that I'm doing now will come to fruition eventually. Maybe not in the time frame that I, that I want. Maybe even faster than the time frame that I think if I release it. And that goes the same with my own needs for wanting to be in a relationship. I know what I want from a relationship. I know what I want from a partner. But what I realized is I had to stop putting it out there and start putting it in here and really just focus on me and my own processes and my own journey and trust that I'm doing the work. I'm setting the intentions. The flower will grow. 
the tree will bloom or the flower will bloom, whatever analogy you want to use. It will happen for you if it's meant for you. And if you get to that point where you've met so many obstacles, obstacles sometimes are put in front of your, in, in front of your path so that you change direction, so that you recognize this path is not for you right now. But sometimes obstacles are there to make you work that little bit extra hard, a uh, little bit extra. Sometimes those obstacles are there to teach you a lesson. Whatever your journey, whatever your goal, whatever your outcome, if it's healing, amazing. If not, amazing. Whatever your goal is, trust in the process. Trust in the work that you're doing. Trust that everything that is meant for you will come to you. If I have learned anything these past few months, especially with um, COVID-19 and this pandemic that we're experiencing, I'm just looking at my window. The sunset is gorgeous right now. Oh, what a great, happy sign. Um, if I've learned anything these past few months, it's that we cannot be attached to an outcome. We cannot be attached to a goal or anything like that because things shift so dramatically in the blink of an eye. All that we can be committed to is ourselves, our processes and our journey. Whatever the outcome is, it is meant for you. It is meant for your growth and it is meant for you. And I hope that hearing this today maybe propels you forward, maybe helps you to shift direction. Maybe I'm the obstacle in your journey right now. But whatever your journey, I pray that it is a fruitful one for you. I hope that you can offer me some feedback in what you maybe want to hear about on the podcast. I hope that you might one day share your story with me and share your story with the world. Thank you everyone for listening. Namaste.